Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 19 of Sword and Spirit, a podcast by First Baptist Church of Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. If you missed our last episode, uh, Matthew and I started a discussion on worship, uh, what it looks like. Uh, how how that relates to us as believers and what it looks like to worship the Lord throughout the week. So if you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend you check out episode 18. Uh, but we are going to jump right back in uh, with this episode. We're going to be looking at what it looks like to worship the Lord on Sunday morning and, and preparing for that. So Matthew, why don't you take it away for us? Sure. So this whole discussion on this this part of it, I, I kind of like to call it the nuts and bolts of worship. Mm-hmm. So let's dive right into it. So when we come to worship the Lord on Sunday, so a lot, oftentimes, sometimes there's a question of, you know, okay, is there is there a rule or a rhyme or reason that, like, should we start with a fast song? Should we start with a slow song? And again, I'm talking about worship through song, through music, right? In that, mm-hmm. that particular mm-hmm. form of worship. Um so should we start with a fast song or a slow song or what's is what's is there a rule or standard to this? And the answer is there really isn't a standard to this. There isn't really, you know, there's nothing in scripture that says, okay, you have to start with a fast song or you have to start with a slow song or a mm-hmm. medium song, medium tempo song. That is really left up to, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that as far as mm-hmm. what kind of, you know, what kind of song and then what tempo, what speed that you want to you, to start out the service with, you know, the work, the music set that is left up to every local church, the pastor there, the worship leader there, you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. For example, just to provide one instance is that, uh, when, when Brett preaches here on, you know, when he preaches on Sunday, mm-hmm. we'll meet together myself and then you RJ, obviously, yeah. and then Dustin, we'll all meet together with him and we'll talk about the specific passage of scripture that Brett's going to preach on that week. And we talk about the overall themes of that passage that is going to be focused on. And so right. then from there, I, I tend to take that and I try to, you know, from those themes and from that scripture passage, I try to, I'm looking for songs that match up and that line up as closely with that particular theme and passage as possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm also looking for a flow. So I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for a specific, um, a specific flow of how that progresses, you know, through, uh, through this, the, the music set. And so for example, like let's say there's a, you know, Brett's preaching on a particular Psalm, right? So in mm-hmm. the, the first part of the song is, you know, enter, uh, enter the the presence of the Lord with with thanksgiving and shouts of praise. Right. Well, with that being said, you may want to start out with a fast song, right? Because it's <laughs> right. kind of it's part of the text. And so, right. But then maybe there's a different case where um, you're talking about the holiness of the Lord, and we'll talk about that actually in just a minute. But let's mm-hmm. say that's the focus. Well, maybe you want to start out with a more reverent and awe, you know, mentality of who the Lord is and His holiness. So you may want to start out with a slow song. So all of these factors, and and of course this is not an exhaustive list. Of, of those factors, but those are the kind of the things that we consider and that go into um, the, uh, I guess, more along the, like the planning of the, the worship set or the music set. And so there's definitely those factors that contribute towards, you know, what kind of song that we'll start out with and some of the songs that we'll choose, mm-hmm. you know, for the music and the set and for that form of worship, that, that form, part of the form of the worship. Absolutely. And many of our listeners probably don't realize just how much time you put into this, uh, specifically, Matthew, um, uh, leading up to, to 
eat, you know, each Sunday morning, each week. Uh, and there really is a lot that goes into it. And he knows, you know, way more than, or you know, way more than I do um, about that. But like, just as you were saying, like, you know, you, you're looking at uh, what Brett's preaching on, what, you know, what the passage is, what does the passage say, what, um, you know, how do you, you as the worship leader uh, get people's hearts prepared for the the message, the sermon? Um, but then also, uh, you know, one thing that you, you've said in conversation before, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of songs out there that may not necessarily line up theologically. Um, and, and you may be talking more about that. Uh, too, but you also kind of act as that filter as the worship leader. Like, let's not, you know, like let's not give the people bad theology, um, you know. Because one one thing is, you know, you, we want to uh, we want to bring authentic worship, but you, you know, we're also wanting to to speak truth about who right. God is. Um, and I'm and I'm sure that there's probably a whole lot that goes into that, and a lot of you know, a lot of checking, you know, what you know, what does this song say? What actually is the is the message here? And and does this line up with scripture? And does that and does this and does this fit well with with what Brett is preaching that particular Sunday morning? Definitely, and we'll actually talk about briefly talk about that in just a little bit. So yeah. we, are, we actually are going to cover that in just a little bit. But what you were saying definitely is so very very true. Yeah. So to answer uh, that original question was, okay, should we start with a fast song or a slow song or what's kind of the, the, the rule or the standard? And the question is both are acceptable and everything in between. It, mm-hmm. Again, it just depends on the context, you know, of the passage that's being preaches, preached that week and then the pastor and the worship leader and kind of, um, you know, their approach to it. So there's, there's definitely some freedom in that and both are acceptable. Right. So uh, and then I also want to move forward and look at, um, there's some other aspects of, when you know when we, when we talk that when we come to worship the Lord, we want to encounter Him personally. Mm-hmm. So that's our goal. That's our objective. We want to glorify the Lord and praise Him, but we want to encounter Him personally. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? We find the answer to that in John four twenty four. It says that we worship Him in spirit and truth. This I'm going to give you the exact verse. It says, "God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth." So we have right. two different aspects to that. And let's kind of unpack those a little bit. So let's mm-hmm. start with worshiping in the spirit. What does that mean to worship the Lord in spirit? There's a couple different elements. Um, to worship in him in the spirit means that because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, every believer has direct access to speak to the Lord and to worship him. So again, mm-hmm. we talked about that a little bit earlier, how because of Jesus' sacrifice, that curtain to the to the the, the temple right? That separated the Holy of Holies mm-hmm. where the presence of the Lord resided, right? So that curtain was torn into. Now every believer has, has access to talk with the Lord and to worship him and to hear his voice, right? Right. So we, we address that. And then, but there's also, so there's that aspect of it. So we have to, because of, because of Christ's sacrifice and then when, when we become saved, God places His Spirit inside of us. He, mm-hmm. God's Spirit literally dwells within us right. at the time, at the moment that we are converted, the moment that He regenerates us and saves us and makes us His child. Right. So when we worship the Lord, we can worship Him. Um, scripture says that you know when we are saved, that Christ makes us a new creation. We are literally mm-hmm. a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. The new has come. So because yes. of that, God's spirit now dwells within us and 
his God puts his Holy Spirit inside of us. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we are able to worship the Lord how he wants us to. We are literally, because of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us to worship the Lord how he wants us to worship him. He literally, he gives us the ability and he helps us to worship him in the way that he wants us to. Absolutely. So that's one aspect of worshiping him in the spirit. And another one is to, another aspect of worshiping in the spirit is that we have to worship him with a sincere heart, mm-hmm. right? So we have to be, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more we'll, uh, on this uh, in a minute, but it's, we want to come to the Lord. We want to worship him with a sincere, genuine heart. And again, the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us to do this. With authenticity. Absolutely. And then now let's look at what it means to worship God in truth. And there's two different aspects to this. One is that we must worship the Lord authentically. Now, this does not mean that it, we have to have to have it all together when we come on Sunday morning. A lot of times, <laughs> you know, we don't, right? right? So a lot of times, let's say you're married and you have kids and the kids are running around the house, you're trying to get them dressed and just life is crazy and you're just trying to get there. You're just trying to get there to church, yeah. right? So a lot of times life has been crazy and we're just trying to get there. And so the Lord, the Lord knows and understands, you know, that we're not going to have it all together when we come there, you know, most right. often. And and another example is that, let's say you just had a terrible week, right? It's just been a really hard week. Life has just been kind of beating you up mm-hmm. and it's just been really difficult. And again, the Lord knows that. And so when we come to him, we have, we, we just need to come to him and say, Lord, you know, to be honest, like I really, I've had a really hard week. It's been mm-hmm. really tough and I don't really feel like worshiping right now, but I want to worship you. Help me to Help me to worship you, Lord. Help me where I don't feel like I I want to worship right now. Help me to help me to worship you as you've commanded me to do. Help me to worship you right now. And so there's mm. so there's a there's a genuineness in that kind of attitude when we come to worship Him. Right. And so again, so we want to worship Him authentically. And again, another the flip side of that too is again, like we mentioned earlier, is that when we come to the Lord, if we have that's why during the week if we have known sin. Mm-hmm. Right, that the Lord makes aware makes us aware of, then we ought to take that time, you know, during the week to get that taken care of, to repent of the, to confess those sins, repent of them, receive the Lord's forgiveness, and move forward. Um, and and then sometimes that that may happen right before the service, you know. Mm-hmm. So the Lord may make us aware of that, and <laughs> then we just need to take five minutes, you know, and go and just pray and just get that right before the Lord, so that we are in right fellowship with Him again as we come to worship Him. Right now, the second aspect of worshiping. God in truth actually has to deal with worshiping him. I'll put it this way. It says we need to worship him with a proper understanding of who he is according to his word. Mm -hmm. This doesn't mean we have to know everything about God. Of course, we never will. We could, again, this is another way we could say we could spend eternity (laughs) trying to know God more, know more about him. And by the way, we will, we will spend an eternity, eternity, (laughs) you know, knowing God's heart, getting to, when we get to heaven, to know him, spend time with him, know him more personally, but we will never fully know him exhaustively. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and again, the Lord knows that. So when we, when we come to worship him on Sunday or really any time during the week, we're not going to know everything about him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we do need to come and we do need, do need to worship him with a fundamental and biblically sound understanding of who God is according to who he says he is in his word. Right. So what is that what does that look like? What does it mean to have a fundamental, you know, biblically sound understanding of who God is? 
And what I mean by this is that I'm, I'm talking about major doctrines, essential doctrines to the gospel. Mm-hmm. So in scripture, we find some doctrines that are there in the grand scheme of things, they're considered, they're considered minor in that they don't impact our salvation, right? Like don't impact, right. you know, something that is like, okay, if you don't believe it, you know, if you don't believe it this way, then you're not saved. Like those are, those are minor doctrines, right? We can talk about those. We can, you know, have discussions about those minor doctrines, but they're not going to, you know, it's not going to impact our salvation, whether we're saved or not. What right. I'm talking, what I'm, what I'm truly, really trying to focus on here is the major doctrines of scripture. Mm-hmm. So those that are the foundation and essential doctrines of the gospel that, you know, this is, these are things you need to believe you know, and accept and believe, you know, that are, that are you in order to be saved. Right. Right. And like those, the fact that Christ is truly God. Right. So, for example, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you have the doctrine of like, for example, the Trinity, we have to right. understand and believe and trust in and accept that God is, there is one God, mm-hmm. but three distinct persons. Right. So, and again, I'm not going to delve deep into that because we would be here uh, all day and all year trying to to unpack what the Trinity is and trying mm-hmm. to understand that. Well, again, we'll never fully understand the Trinity, but it is, you know, God in his word says that, you know, there's one God, but you have God, the father, God, the Holy spirit mm-hmm. and God, the son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And there's, those are the three distinct persons within the Trinity, but there is one God and all three of those distinct persons are fully God. Mm-hmm. They have equal and full authority, power, and and all of that. So there's there's they're all this the three distinct persons of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are, you know, together they're all completely equal, but again, there is one God. Absolutely. So that, that's one of those, you know, essential aspects of of that. Right. And then um yeah, staying tuned yeah. next week for episode 20. Brett and Dustin will fully unpack the Trinity for you oh, guys. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're kidding. Uh, yeah. I'll probably totally. hear about that later. But. <laughs> so uh, that's one of them. And then another one, obviously, like you mentioned, that's important is that Jesus is fully God mm-hmm. and fully man, mm-hmm. and that he is completely sinless. That's another essential doctrine of the gospel. Right. And. So things of that nature, and then obviously also too that Jesus, he came to this earth, mm-hmm. right? He's fully God. He took on human flesh, became fully man, but he right. was without sin, yet without sin. And he lived a perfect life, died on the cross mm-hmm. for us, you know, and then rose again three days later so that everyone who places, everyone has an opportunity and for everyone has, you know, everyone can come to him and and uh, he's given them the opportunity to have a relationship with him if they will just repent of their sins, place their faith and trust in Christ. And when they do that, they are made a new creation in him and they receive eternal life with him to spend mm-hmm. eternity with in heaven with him one day. That those kinds of major doctrines is what we're we're talking about when it comes to having a biblically and fundamentally sound understanding of who God is according to Absolutely. His word. So moving forward with that, um, when we come to worship the Lord, we also need to have an attitude of reverence and all hmm. scripture talks about in multiple, multiple places about God's holiness. We see that in scripture that God is completely holy. I, w- I want to give you a few verses, just a few mm-hmm. um, to that talk about this. One is first Samuel two, two. And it says, there is none holy like the Lord for there is none besides you. 
There, there is no rock like our God. Another one is Psalm seventy-seven, thirteen, and it says, "Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God?" Another one, and I love this one. This one is great. Is Psalm forty-seven, eight says, "God reigns over the nations. God sits on His holy throne." And I'll give you one more. Revelation 4, verses 6, and then 8 through 11 says, And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created." So there's mm-hmm. definitely we this is just a, a small you know example of just like the Lord's holiness and he is right. perfectly holy and so anytime so we we see a lot of time we we see in scripture multiple cases of of um people coming into the presence of the Lord and his his glory and his power mm-hmm. is so great mm-hmm. that they they can't they can't do anything else but bow before him right because of how awesome and powerful and holy he is and so there's definitely when we come into to worship him, we, there's definitely and we need that we have an attitude of reverence mm-hmm. and awe for who he is. Yes, Jesus for believers. Yes, he is. Jesus is our friend. He is our the best friend we will ever have, a personal friend, the best mm-hmm. one we will ever have. But we should not, we should never forget that. Yes, he is that, but he is also our creator. Right. And there is that you know he is above us. His ways are higher than our ways. Mm-hmm. And that he is far, far infinitely superior than we are. And so we should have that, keep that reverence and awe always in our hearts for him as we come to worship him. But on the other side of that too, or I should say in addition to that, <laughs> we should uh, come to worship. The, when we come to worship the Lord, we can worship him with joy and happiness and mm-hmm. with an attitude of thanksgiving. In fact, not only can we, but we should come to worship the Lord with thanksgiving. Psalm 29, 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Likewise, Psalm 100, verse 4 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Hmm. Psalm 103, verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. So, we should definitely, we, we, the Lord wants us to come to worship Him with an, mm-hmm. an anticipatory attitude, an excited attitude of like, we're so excited to be here on Sunday with other believers who are worshiping the Lord together. We can fellowship with other believers, mm-hmm. and we can... Uh, we can worship the Lord together. We can come and to glorify His name for who He is and for all that He's done in our lives and is continuing to do. So definitely the Lord wants us to be excited and happy about coming to worship Him. Right. And then in addition to that, when we come to worship the Lord, 
it's okay to sing a new song. In fact, Scripture tells us to do so. Mm-hmm. Psalm 33, 3 says, Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. So the first part of that verse, we definitely see that there is, you know, we, we Scripture tells us to come to him and to sing a new song to him, mm-hmm. you know. And so there is a, there's definitely a place for that. And I, I remember when I first read this verse, it really, like, it really hit me that second part as well. It says, play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. So we see an example here of that when we come to the Lord, and specifically talking about um, this more, this all definitely pertains to those who serve on the worship ministry, the worship mm-hmm. team. So the our choir, our mm-hmm. praise team, right? So there's definitely a, and especially the, the worship leaders, you know, including myself as well, is that there's definitely a place where we should hone our craft as musicians. We right. should practice. We should, you know, work hard. We should give our best to the Lord mm-hmm. and be as proficient and excellent as we possibly can be on our set instruments, whether that be singing or playing a, you know, an, a physical instrument, you know, guitar, drums, all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's definitely a place where the Lord wants us to hone our skills and to be the best that we can for his glory and to be excellent musically for, you know, on our particular instruments. Mm-hmm. And then Psalm 149, one also says, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of, of the godly. So we definitely see, again, a new song, mm-hmm. uh, come to the Lord and sing a new song to him. So that's that's also uh, perfectly acceptable to do. Scripture also tells us that we can worship the Lord with all kinds of instruments. For example, Psalm 153, Psalm 150 verse 3 says, Praise him with the trumpet sound, praise him with the harp and lyre. Okay, so the word lyre, it's L-Y-R-E. What exactly is that? What is a lyre? It's a string instrument. Basically, if you were to look this up, so it's it's the instrument that has like a U shape and then vertical strings going going down, up and down, and then mm-hmm. there's that that bar across the top of it. So it's basically a form of a harp. In, a, yeah. in other words, is what it is. So it's but it is a string instrument. Psalm sixty eight twenty five says, "The singers went on, the musicians after them, in the midst of the maidens beating tambourines." Mm-hmm. So here we see. Uh, a percussive instrument, percussion. That's another kind. Second Samuel 6, 5 says, And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and, and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. So we see all these different kinds of instruments that are being used in the Old Testament um, to worship the Lord with. So there's definitely a place for all of those. As long as the instrument, you know, if as long as the instrument is use, being used to glorify the Lord with, then there there's a we can have multiple kinds of instruments that we can use to glorify the God with, mm-hmm. and then we can also worship the Lord with godly dancing. Believe it or not, there is a place where you can worship and glorify the Lord through dancing. Psalm one forty nine verse three says, "Let them praise His name with dancing, make melody to Him with tambourine and lyre." Now there is a Obviously, we, we know that there is a there's a wrong way of dancing. There's a there's a kind of dancing that is uh, not glorifying to the Lord. But then there is certainly a place for um, where we can't. So dancing can be used to glorify the Lord. So there is certainly a place for it, and it is acceptable, and, and we find that in Scripture. 
Right. Yeah. As you're as you're you've been talking about uh, all of this, you know, I just think how incredible it'll be one day when we're all before the throne worshiping Christ. Um, I remember I had the opportunity when I was uh, an undergrad. Uh, I spent a summer overseas uh, serving in Central Asia, uh, working with um, some of the local peoples there, uh, sharing the gospel and. I remember just experiencing worship services there, and uh, it was it was very different. And I think a lot of ways, um, you know, it, a lot of times as as Americans, if we haven't had that opportunity to to experience something outside of our culture, we kind of we have this idea of what worship looks like based off of our church that we grew up in, or maybe it's our current church. Um, but you know, like when when I was I was there, of course, all of the all of the worship songs that we sang were in the local language. There, they were not in English, and they had a very uh, Middle Eastern type sound to them. A lot of uh, minor chords and stuff like that that you wouldn't uh, expect to hear in in a worship set in the United in the United States. And um, it was really incredible to see how God moved in those worship settings, even though it was very different. And then like you can see, I mean, you could go on online and look at YouTube if you want to, you can see videos of, of people in Africa doing a worship service and like kind of like, as you mentioned, um, just with people dancing, like you'll see people beating on drums and, and dancing to the Lord for the glory of God. You know, and some of us may have even seen other other worship settings in the United States. You know, maybe you grew up in a liturgical, uh, in, a, in a church with a very liturgical background with a giant pipe organ and a, and a, and a, and a liturgy book, uh, and everything was determined that way. And that would be another type of worship, even still within the United States. So there are a lot of different instruments that can be used, and absolutely, there is certain a place. There's certainly a place for dancing and uh, and 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 all these other things, as you were mentioning. It's not, and and a lot of times we get so caught up, and we have like this one view of what worship looks like when it really can be a broad thing. But the the main thing is that we are doing it for the glory and honor of God. Yeah, absolutely, and like you said, it's. It's a um, the these the different forms of worship and and, and all mm-hmm. styles and all of that. It's broader than we think it is, yeah. And then then we see. And you traveled all over with the with the voices, yeah. so you've I'm sure you've seen way more than I have, even. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I did. I truly, I did get to. I got it for a time. I got to experience and got to be in a lot of different different churches, different denominations, um, mm-hmm. and so I did get to see a lot. You know, different styles of worship for sure, and and uh, maybe we could talk about that. You know, in more detail a different day. Yeah. You know, possibly on on a different subject, but um, you no, know, you're absolutely right. There is, there's definitely, it's a broad, there's a broader range in styles of worship that are uh, certainly, you know, certainly acceptable to the Lord that mm-hmm. are, that glor- that truly glorifies him. Mm-hmm. And that, because that worship, so the worship may look different, right? It's a different style, mm-hmm. but it's something that is biblically sound mm-hmm. and proclaims the true gospel and is, and it glorifies the Lord. And so it's right. certainly, certainly acceptable and glorifies to the Lord. And so, um, even though it may not look exactly how, you know, we, you know, structure, mm-hmm. you know, our services, right. You know? And so, uh, and so just to continue on with that a little bit as well. So we just, we just talked about and left. Um, so it's okay. We can, we should sing a new song to the Lord. There's times mm-hmm. for that. 
we can use multiple various kinds of instruments to mm-hmm. work, to glorify the Lord with. But then we can also, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, and this is kind of getting into, all of that's kind of getting to the subject of what kind of songs can we worship the Lord with? Mm. Um, and that is, the Apostle Paul gives three different kinds or categories, if you will. And that is psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And this comes from Colossians three sixteen, And it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts mm. to God. So what are these three categories that we've, what can we, I want to unpack these just a little bit. So we have, the first one is psalms, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we have, there's, there's the book, there's the, we have the psalms in the Old Testament, all 150 of them. Mm-hmm. And there is, they're replete with all different kinds of, you know, songs that we can, that are written down to be sung to the Lord, to be played to the Lord. So mm-hmm. we have, we can, and we use those, we can go back to those and it's, it's basically kind of like a, it's, it's a hymn book basically is what it is, honestly, yeah. you know? And so it's, uh, we have that to use and we can, we can make our, we can make up new melodies, you know? I mean, that's what, you know, a Christian, you know, musicians do and artists do is they, uh, a lot of times they'll take those Psalms and they'll write a new melody to it when using those, those words from those Psalms and those exact words. And mm-hmm. they'll, they'll sing those exact Psalms. I mean, you find certain Christian artists today that literally they put a melody to it and make a song out of it, mm-hmm. you know, musically on an instrument, instrumental side, but then they title it Psalm 34 or Psalm 46, you know? And so right. we definitely see that and we should, that we have those to use and it's a, we are mm-hmm. always going to be using those. Right. Right. But then the second category is hymns. So the church, since Christ ascended back to heaven, mm-hmm. the church, the overall church throughout history since then, right. Right. Has a, has a rich history of hymns that have been composed over the, over hundreds and hundreds of years mm-hmm. that, we really we should not abandon. We should not forget about those because there is definitely v- valuable. Um, there are definitely valuable songs that we can use to glorify the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so there's we have tons of hymns that are that are biblically sound, mm-hmm. that are theologically sound, and that proclaim the true gospel that um, that we can use that are from church history that we can use to glorify the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so there's certainly certainly a place for that and. I just want to, so one example of that, and this is just how, now I'm not saying this is the only way you can do it, certainly not, but the one way that I try to, you know, when I'm planning for the mm-hmm. worship services each week is that I try to, you know, I try to have a balance of mm-hmm. both. So we, we have a balance of the new contemporary worship song, Christian worship songs, and then we have the traditional hymns um, from from history that we use as well. So I try to strike a balance of both. So I try to have roughly an equal amount mm-hmm. of both when we sing those on Sunday mornings, but there may be a Sunday where we sing more, you know, we may have more contemporary worship, you know, contemporary mm-hmm. Christian worship songs than we do hymns. But then there's also been times where I've had primarily and used more hymns on a Sunday morning service than I have contemporary worship songs. Again, that that's all, you know, planning and different approach kind of thing. But but the point I'm trying to get to is that we need both mm-hmm. and we can, and there's definitely benefits of using the traditional hymns that the church has a rich history with, as well as new songs that are being written, new Christian worship songs, and both can be used to glorify the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
And so now I'd like to get to just kind of, we'll kind of get to our last section here. And that has to do with the content of worship songs. Mm -hmm. And this, I want to read from Titus chapter two, verse one, and it says this, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. So with that in mind, obviously we're talking about God's word and preaching the true gospel, mm-hmm. right? But then th- this also applies to the songs that we sing. And one question I wanted to, to pose is that, think about it for a second, is that what is the biggest difference between Christian worship music and secular music as well as other music sung by other religions of the world? So what is the biggest difference between Christian worship music and those other genres of secular music and then also re- music by other religions of the world? So if we take for a second, um, if we take for a second the, the style, the particular sound of a, of a genre, like for example, country music has a particular sound. Mm-hmm. Reggae, hip hop, rap all of that has a particular sound Mm -hmm. and then but christian worship music in addition to that it also has a particular sound but all of those things that that's not what makes that's not the biggest difference between christian worship christian worship music and those other genres of music the biggest difference is the lyrics the words that are sung that's the biggest you know difference that we see between christian worship music and other styles of music so in Christian worship music, it's the lyrics, what we're singing. So we're singing about the Lord. We're singing to God and mm-hmm. about the Lord. Um, and that is what separates it from, you know, from other genres of music. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, the lyrics are important. They're an important, you know, element to to glorifying the Lord through song and through music. And so when we, for example, when I'm, preparing and again i'm not trying to make this about what i do or anything i'm just trying to look at this from overall general you mm-hmm. know scope is that but just for example in that is that when i'm preparing for worship songs to for, for worship service on sunday one I, I try to spend and i make try to keep i try to be very aware of the songs the lyrics that we're singing on sunday morning of the songs right. that we're doing so if i'm looking at you know doing two or three or four uh, set of songs and I'm looking at the kind of songs we're singing, I'm looking at, okay, do these lyrics, are they biblically sound? Do they, Mm. uh, do they align with what scripture clearly teaches about the Lord and the gospel? Mm -hmm. Or is it kind of vague about what it's saying? Is it, does it, and does it even go so far as to contradict what scripture says about God? Yeah. So that's, there's a, and so, and it's this is not so much a this is not about my preference my style oh I like the sound of this song I don't like the sound of this song that that's not in you know I, I really that's not the focus here right that's mm-hmm. not what we're looking at so the important thing to, to consider or one of the important things to consider is that okay is this song the lyrics of it these are lyrics that people are going to be singing not only on Sunday but throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Right, so that that melody, those lyrics are going to be stuck in their head. Right, and so we want right. to make I, we want to make sure that the songs that we're singing to the Lord, that they are, again, biblically sound, and that they are 
that they align with what Scripture teaches about God and who He is, who He says He is in His Word, and then about the gospel. And so that's such an crucial part about um, the songs that we sing is that absolutely do they have do they match up with that standard and the standard that that's basically what I was trying to get to was that you know it's not about my styles and preferences of what I like we measure that by God's word that right. is the standard all the songs fall under the me- we measure it by God's word mm. everything else falls under that standard and so that's what we check it by all right Matthew well thank you so much for sharing with us um, just what worship looks like what what it is how it relates to us uh, as believers as congregation members uh, is there anything else that you want to add before we close this out yeah I'll just I'll talk about just a few closing remarks and that's I do want everybody to understand that what we've talked about today and discussed this is certainly not an exhaustive list of, you know, the concept of worship, biblical worship uh, about the Lord. And so that's like, like we mentioned in the earlier in the discussion that this is, you know, we could spend an eternity knowing God right. and knowing more about what, how he wants us to worship him, but we would never fully know all of it. So this is just a, this has been an overview of biblical worship and what that means to, to know more about worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, just wanted to just to recap everything is, you know, basically, so what is worship? It is glorifying the Lord uh, through our voices, with our hearts. It is glorifying him. It's bringing him glory, praising him for who he is and what he's done for us. And our purpose as his creatures, our purpose as, human, as humans, as mankind, is that we were created to worship him, hmm. to glorify him. And that's our highest, that's our, that's our, that's our purpose. That's what we were created. We were created by Him and for Him to worship Him and then to fully enjoy Him forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you in the next one. And I just wanted to thank you guys for having me on here. I, I feel honored to get to come and to, uh, to be on here and to discuss these, you know, these topics with you guys. This concludes today's episode of Sword and Spirit. If you like this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on all of our future content. Also, be sure to check out our website, fbcbsl.org, for more news and information on everything going on in our church. That's all for today. Until next time, bye. Bye.